Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. We got plenty to cover here today. Steph's injury, James Wiseman's injury, and the emergence of Jordan Poole taking the number one role for the Golden State Warriors. But I am pleased to bring on a guest here on the Warriors 24-7 podcast. His first time on the podcast, but not the first time that we've worked together. He was the host of the of the Shooters Only podcast, uh, co-hosted him there, talked a lot of the NBA. I'm having Garrett Garcia on with me here today. He'll be talking some Warriors. He's he's an insider about the Lakers following the team, so we'll get his thoughts too on the Lakers here. But I'm going to let uh, Garrick take the floor here and um, plug his social media accounts here because Garrick does a little bit of rapping on the side as well. Thank you. It's good to be back. Haven't seen this duo. Been back in a while. Feels like Scotty and MJ out here, you know, 96, 97 type vibes. For uh, my Instagram, it's Garrick underscore Gar, if anybody's curious. And then for my rapping page, if anybody wants to know, it's Big Nasty, all one word, underscore raps. That is my rap moniker. Don't judge me. I made it senior year of high school. Please do not at me. Unless you're going to follow my Instagram, then you can at me. Yeah, Garrick and I went to St. Mary's together too, did that NBA podcast. And you, you got to cater to the audience here a little bit, uh, Garrick. I think I think the, the fans want to get the Steph Clay duo from 15-16 uh, rather than the uh, uh, Jordan uh, Pippen Fair enough, duo fair there. enough. But, uh, I will say yeah. that 18 Warriors team – Best team of all time. I don't care what the old heads say. Best team of all time. KD, Steph, Draymond, Clay. That's too OP for anybody to beat. I'm sorry. All right, Warriors fans. That's probably the most love we're going to get on the podcast before he uh, before he roasts us. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we'll dive into it here, Garrick, real, real quickly. Um, no Steph. No problem. A little bit of a problem here for the Warriors. They've been one in three so far since that injury to Steph where Marcus Smart dove for the ball, rolled over Steph's left ankle. Steph was diagnosed with a sprained ligament in his left foot. Will be reevaluated. Steph himself said he's probably looking at coming back to the start of the playoffs um, if the Warriors and the team are being optimistic from where he can return the soonest. I know you have some quotes there and your thoughts on what Steph said about the play if it was dirty or not yeah I think Steph is obviously kind of that constant good guy on and off the court you know pretty lovable for the most part if you're a hobbit like me you know kind of kind of in the back drawers looking at your Lakers you might hate on him sometimes but you have to recognize his greatness but this is something he said and I thought this was a good takeaway that he had I don't think it was malicious or dirty or trying to hurt me Steph on Marcus Smart and he was saying the conversation is really, it should be, should he or should he not have done that, basically? You know, because we know Marcus Smart is a guy who's going to get after it every night. He's really made his living as that uh, Patrick Beverly type of player where he's just going to come after you, you know, constantly aggressive, really just going to make those plays to win the game. And Smart, even when um, him and Kerr kind of had a back and forth during the game, mm-hmm. and Kerr was talking about him and said, I want you on my team. You're one of those type of guys that everybody wants on their team. So it just goes to show Kerr had to back up his guy, obviously. You know, he loves Steph. Steph has really made his career in so many ways, obviously. And they benefited and had a great working relationship. But at the same time, Marcus Smart was somewhat in Team USA and was kind of in the facilities with Steve Kerr. So I think Steve Kerr recognizes the type of player he is. And, you know, he hopes for the best. That's not really what Marcus was trying to do because Marcus Smart did seem pretty remorseful overall, luckily. So I think that's a good thing. And hopefully Steph can be back in April for some great basketball. Yeah, the thoughts there of Steve Kerr and Steph Curry having each other's back. Um, 
Draymond Green returning as well. What do all of those teams have in, or all of those players have in common? They all had their teams in the NCAA March Madness tournament. U of A for Steve Kerr, Michigan State for Draymond Green taking on Steph Curry's Davidson Wildcats. Well, March Madness is with us here, and you have to check out our sponsor, Bet Online. It's that time of the year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to our website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Before we get back into Steph Curry and the whole Marcus Smart situation, Garrett, Sweet 16 and Elite 8, I'm lucky enough to have it right down our street here in San Francisco at the Chase Center, getting treated to Gonzaga and Chet Holgram, potential number one overall pick, taking on Arkansas, and also Texas Tech and Duke could potentially be Coach K's last game, could happen in San Francisco. So let's start off with Arkansas and Gonzaga. On Bet Online. Gonzaga has the favorite here green zaga is the favorite at minus 10 i'm rolling with the zags here we've seen them in the wcc this season of course being st mary's fans your thoughts on this game who are you taking i want to say arkansas has one guy who's going to go in the draft mcgoverns if i'm pronouncing his name correctly and he does look pretty prolific as far as a score and his ability to create but I just think the Zags have way too much talent. So I'm definitely going to have to agree with you begrudgingly as St. Mary's fans, you know, we have to deal with this every year, guys. So I know you want to discount the WCC. We did have three or four teams in the tournament this year. Shout out USF, you know, another great team this year with two great cards. So I think, yeah, begrudgingly again, I think I'm going to have to take the Zags also, Brandon. They're just, yeah, they're just yeah. too overpowered. Yeah, it hurts me, too, because Arkansas, led by former Warriors coach Eric Musselman, we got our guy Moses Moody out of Arkansas as well. But this is the pick. It's a pick-me game, 50-50, basically a coin flip, Texas Tech and Duke. And in my bracket, I had Texas Tech pulling the upset over Duke. Other sites have Texas Tech as a slight favorite, but it's a pick-me here on Bet Online. I'm rolling with the Red Raiders. Hey, I don't blame you, man. Mahomes, he needs some luck right now. I, I don't blame you. But Coach K, you know, he's still dancing. Yeah. He's going to have his own documentary pretty soon. We're going to have a last dance Coach K edition over here. So, you know, we were talking about top guys in the draft. Polo Bancaro is still in that top three, baby. He's, he's still recognized as one of the best players. So him, Mark Williams, A.J. Griffin, those are all guys who could go top 15 to top 20, those first two. Could really go top 10, obviously. So I think Duke, again, kind of similar to Gonzaga, just has a lot of NBA talent. I'm going to roll with them. I know they always seem to lose in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, but I'm going to go with Coach K. I think he wants to do something special. I like that. I like that. Duke advancing to the Elite Eight in San Francisco on Garrett's prediction right there. Of course, again, for all your betting needs, go to bet online and use our promo code BELIEVE, B. L-E-A-V. Back to the content here and talking about the Warriors here. Uh, Garrick, the trio of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, it seems like they can't get on the court at the same time and try to relive the last time they were on the court in 2019 and that finals loss to the Raptors. Crazy stat here for you. 11 total minutes that they've played together, the trio, in the last three Seasons. Of course, Steph out now with the injury. Clay was out, returned in January. Draymond had that back injury, and he's coming back, but now it's just Clay and Draymond. What are your thoughts on the Warriors not coming together at the right time as they head into the playoffs? Their main leader in Steph isn't there. What, what are your thoughts on this team, and do you think they're an early exit now in the Western Conference? I think for them, 
it's going to be really hard if stuff doesn't come back. We kind of were spitballing a little bit before just about how it's really going to count on him, obviously. You got your your guy. You know, Draymond's that heart and soul. Clay's your glue guy, but Steph is still the best player on the team. And I think when it comes down to the playoffs, you know, seven times out of ten, whoever has the best player is really going to succeed. And I'm looking at the standings right now, Brandon. Yeah. You know, I got a hot take for you. You know, this this is what we used to do on the Shooters oh, Only I, podcast I'm, for all, I'm the, ready all for the fans it. who don't know me. I'm ready is for Nikola it. Jokic, even if Steph comes back, and you don't have to be the bane of every Warriors fan existence right now. Even if Steph comes back, is Nikola Jokic still the best player in that series? And does that elevate the Nuggets over the Warriors potentially? Well, l- let me give this to you here. I, I've said it on, um, if you listen back into the day, our podcast shooters only, I was on the Nikola Jokic train. I've always said that he was the best center in the NBA. That was going back two years ago to the bubble season as well. And I would say that Nikola Jokic is the best player in that series, just because he's having an MVP-like campaign. Steph Curry has been wildly inconsistent throughout the season. He was on a heater in the first game that Draymond came back in. And the Warriors have had trouble against Denver this season. I can recall on two occasions they went ultimately down to the wire without their main guys, though, in one of those games, so which was very optimistic. I don't think it helps, though, Garrick, of the news of Jamal Murray not returning or, uh, yeah, not returning as they plan to start off the playoffs. Nikola Jokic would have to do a lot of that work and still no update on MPJ. But, hey, it's Nikola Jokic. He's led them to that sixth spot right now. I'm, I'm worried about the Warriors in the first round. So are you, are you telling me here that the Warriors are going to lose in the first round to the Denver Nuggets? I don't know if I'd go that far. Just out of respect that Aaron Gordon – He's a player I like, but that's your second best player, right? Uh I still have first-time All-Star Andrew Wiggins, if I'm a Warriors fan. Still got Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, who has improved pretty steadily this season, you know, probably in that six-man of the year running potentially if he played more of a six-man role, but he's had to come in as a starter at times. So I just like my depth a lot more if I'm the Warriors because – you know, you got the two greens over there on the Nuggets side and Jamichael and Jeff, but you know, I'm not too excited about that. They're fine players, but, you know, they're role players at best. Will Barton is solid, but, again, he, he's a 15, 5-5 five and five guy at best. So I'm, I'm not looking and saying, yeah, like these are guys who are stars. These are guys who are going to lead me in a game five where I've seen a Clay Thompson just, you know, hit eight threes in a row, and it's like nobody can stop him. So I think if Steph is back – that's going to be the big thing. If Steph isn't in the series, the Nuggets win. Yeah, well, worst case or best case scenario, at least, if, if Steph misses the first two games, comes back game three, say the Warriors split it uh, 1-1, or if they're down 0-2, do you think they still have a chance of winning that game? Or do you need Steph the whole series there? We'll, and we'll touch on Jordan Poole a little bit here and his factor playing great without Steph. I think, honestly, if you can get Steph back, you could have one of those Willis Reed-type moments where you're just, you know, so overjoyed. Paul Pierce coming out of the locker room after getting out of that wheelchair, you're just, man, like, you just got your guy back, and, you know, you just kind of believe. You you have that we believe sentiment coming back from 2008, and you just feel as if we can conquer anything, whether that be a Serbian giant and Nikola Jokic, if he wants to play Goliath, I think there's going to be a lot of Davids on the court that day because there's just going to be a lot of guys who can rally around. And I think the depth of the Warriors is something that hasn't really been talked about over the last two years. You still got guys like Montescano Anderson, who's willing to make a play, dive for any ball, get out there and really get after it. I think Kevon Looney has become more and more swishful over time, obviously. Um, He's a little more comfortable on the perimeter, it seems like nowadays, even though I don't think he's the best center, but as a UCLA guy, I'm a fan of him. And you still have other guys who can just make and create shots for you out there. Obviously, you know, Draymond was in the defensive player of the year running. And again, Clay Thompson is just the guy when he's hot, he's hot. He's basically unstoppable outside of Steph. You know, that's that's the next guy I look at who's going to be an unstoppable three-point shooter. So 
I just think the Nuggets don't have enough to overcome that, honestly. When we look down the line of who, who are the best players, and that's not even to mention Otto Porter Jr. on the minimum. What a steal for the Warriors. What a steal. Hey, I would have loved that as a Lakers fan. I, I'm still upset about that to this day. Hey, if this was the Shooters Only podcast again, I would I, I would drop the Mike Kurzemba, uh his Otto Porter Wilt Chamberlain son again. I I, I had that drop saved. Oh every- no. <laughs> We always used to somehow find a way to insert Otto Porter in every episode. It's coming but, back. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And um, the last time, though, Garrick, that Steph Curry went down with an injury and came back in the playoff series was in 2016, where he went down against the Houston Rockets with a knee injury, came back in the second round. And, hey, his first game was against Lillard and the Brazers, the infamous I'm back game for Steph. He dropped 40, so... If Steph can go on that 2016 playoff run to start it off, the Warriors are in good shape. But we got to talk about the Michigan guy in Jordan Poole. I mean, last season, up and down, went to the G League and had a resurgence, finished a little slow. He's definitely developed this year, has some handles now, too. I don't know if you saw last night, but he uh, crossed Kyle Lowry, dropped him to his feet and hit a step back three. Jordan Poole has 20 straight he has 11 straight 20-point games dating back to March 3rd. And in the month of March, Garrick, let me read you the numbers. 24.5 points, 3.2 assists, 4.8 rebounds on 53, 48, and 90 shooting splits. And most three-pointers in the month of March with 52 right now. As a governor on my team... I have Jordan Poole, so I'm a very happy person right now. He, because it is playoff times, and that's the kind of behavior we need Jordan Poole to be on right now. As a Lakers fan who probably could have had this guy in the second round, again, upset. But Jordan Poole, in all seriousness, he's having a great season. I think he's really getting after it. He understands the level of talent he has as a shot creator now. I, I think with the confidence – and especially having guys like Clay probably in his ear for the last two years, you know, wanting to get on the court. Steph Curry, one of the greatest shooters of all time. I mean, Steve Kerr was an excellent shooter back in his day, even though he was essentially just a role player. There's a lot of guys to look to for just great tips as far as, you know, how to how to really have that flow and that movement that you really want as a shooter. So I, I think he's tapping into all that knowledge and, you know, these are the profits of his works, obviously. Like, he's really getting to what he needs now, and he's really giving the Warriors that lift because I know the Warriors of the last 10 games are 5-5, five and five, and as you said before, they're on a three-game skid until they beat the Heat, and that's a big one. That, that's the first seed in the East, so I think that's a good possible turnaround point for them. So, you know, here's looking up for, for Jordan Poole for my future fantasy hopes also. Yeah, hopefully he can lead you to that fantasy championship there towards the uh, final weeks of the season. But I know you mentioned if Jordan Poole had more time off the bench, could potentially easily run away with a six-man of the year award. But now he's inserted as a starter. Uh, won't probably get that consideration just because of the minutes he's played now. But on the most improved list, where do you see him on that list? I know Tyrese Maxey, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray, and even Jean Morant. There's there's a little bit of controversy there. If you're in the MVP running like Ja is, could you also win MIP? But I want to get your thoughts here on where you see Jordan Poole on that list. I think Jordan Poole... Last year kind of reminds me of a guy from about a year or two ago who really went off. And I think he's going to be better. I'm not comparing the players, but just as far as like from this year to the next year, Devontae Graham, honestly, because I feel like Jordan Poole, again, we talked about he was having a really hard time. Guys like Darren and I, uh, another Shooters Only podcast member, yeah. might have been slandering this man potentially, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry Jordan if we slandered you but you know sometimes it has to be done in the good of Lakers Twitter universe but um yeah I think Jordan might be two or three honestly because a guy like Miles Bridges has really stepped up and I feel like he looks like he might be an all-star eventually I don't know if Jordan Poole will necessarily be an all-star at any point just because you know he, he has so many other great guys on his team so mm-hmm. If he was, it may be later in his career, like seven to ten years if he's on another team, potentially, if he can continue his scoring. But 
I think I would have him two or three because Jaw kind of reminds me of a, another guy, Victor Oladipo, right? Like a few years back when he just kind of went crazy after leaving Orlando and um, really just stepped up for the Indiana Pacers. So yeah, I, I understand having him just in the MVP running, but I could also see, you know, the argument for most improved also. Not to mention Tyrese Maxey. Shout out a clutch agent. We always got to shout out our clutch agents. Um, oh, we'll, we'll, he's we'll going into, off right now also. So we'll, respect we'll get him. into the clutch talk and what Draymond had to say a little bit uh, late, later here today too. Uh, Darius Garland, I had him on my fantasy team last year. and he, I thought he was improved last year, but he took it to a different level this year. So I think I see Jordan Poole there in the two to three range. But yeah, Jaws in the running. Jaw, I think, takes that at one. Two and three, I think is between Jordan Poole and Darius Garland. We On the flip side of this, we're going to talk about the young guys on the Warriors here. And I'm going to surprise Garrick here a little bit. I have Jonathan Kaminga's rookie numbers here and a secret player's numbers here in his rookie year. And we'll see his thoughts on if he can name who this player is. But first, speaking of players who keep on getting injured, James Wiseman. Just a problem for the Warriors here. We'll get to that after this break. And we got a thought talk our sponsors here too in athletic greens james wiseman needs a little bit of athletic greens tons of people take multivitamins but but it's important to choose one that is top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right from gut health nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus in aging. It benefits, benefits you with those ingredients. It's lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. It's like a pre-workout for you. Just scoop, just put in one scoop, guys. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athletics, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. So, Garrick, to the young guys here, Jonathan Kaminga and Player B. So, Kaminga on the season, 9.8 points, 3.3 assist, or 3.3 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 0.3 blocks, 0.4 steals, but shooting it at 51% from the field, 32% from beyond the arc, 68 at the free throw line, could use some improvement there. And he's only doing this in 16 minutes. Player B is an NBA champion, 6.8 points, 4.4 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 41, 34, 68 in his rookie year, 0.8 blocks, 0.8 steals in 24 minutes. And the season high for Jonathan Kaminga, 26 points. 16 was the season high points for this MVP, finals MVP, too, and MVP player. Do you have any idea who this player is? You said he's a finals MVP and an MVP? Yeah. Could I get a, a draft class year? Yeah. Is that too much? No, no, you can. Um, I just, I just have to pull his, oh, uh, 13, 14 draft class. MVP. Some say. I really have uh, no idea. Honestly, a, That's a um, good question. Oh, I, I think, I think this hint, this hint right here, uh, they, they say he's a freak in the sheets, but also a freak off the court. Oh, Giannis? That's crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that almost in a while. So, well, Giannis, he, he did have that most improved type of – every year he was basically like the most improved player you could argue because he was just – he just constantly got his 2K VC up and he didn't spend it on, you know, tattoos or the bike in the park or whatever. He just kept getting better and grinding. And he was actually a good three-point shooter his first two years, fun fact. 
Yeah. 35% for three. He wasn't bad. I want to compare these two players just because of the terms of athleticism and questionable shooting that Kaminga had coming into the league. I I know these are some player or is the player that the Warriors want him to develop into. Just your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga this year, seeing those explosive plays and surprisingly he's really improved that jumper since we've seen him with the G League Ignite last season. So I think with Kaminga, it's kind of, he's one of the youngest players in the NBA, but he really has like basically a year and a half to two years of pro experience. Just -hmm. because like you said, he was on the Ignite. Shout out the Bay Area because, you know, the Ignite started up pretty recently in the Bay Area. Shout out the Creek, the Walnut Creek. Shout out Walnut Creek, exactly. Um, And I think Kaminga, as far as like a draft prospect, I looked it up and they're just saying Jalen Brown. And I could kind of see that, honestly, because if people remember back in 2016, Jalen Brown did not have a jumper for his life. He was basically an athlete coming out of Berkeley. Yeah. And, you know, there wasn't much other than that besides pure upside. And uh, He was also a very smart person, a smart player. But besides that, yeah, he didn't have too much going for him besides his defensive ability and his upside, like I said. Another guy he reminds me of, honestly, and, and this is on the low, lower yeah. end of the spectrum. I'm not yeah. saying this is who he's going to be. Kind of reminds me of Stanley Johnson, his body type. You know, we had to get a random Lakers comparison in here, oh, so gosh. we're doing it right now. Justice Winslow is another guy, former Clipper, now a Portland Trailblazer. Just because those guys, really strong coming in, really good NBA bodies, could definitely play defense, look like they could switch from two to fours, basically, maybe one to four, depending on the matchup. And again, those guys are guys who were going to get after it, didn't have the best three-point shots coming in. But Stanley Johnson, luckily, he has been hitting his threes of lately. I think if he's a guy like Jalen Brown, obviously, that's a huge win if you can get that guy at number seven. Giannis, I think, is, yeah, that's going to be a huge stretch. I, I think that's very hopeful if you have all the sliders up on potential up to 99. You know, that's what you're getting. But I think Jonathan Kaminga, as of right now, looks like a very good prospect. Again, he's one of the three or four youngest guys in the NBA, which is very promising. I think for him, it's really going to be, I know you're a good defender. I would like to see those blocks and steals go up, even though those are box sheet numbers. But he's young and it's still early. Like you said, only 16 months per game. So he's not quite playing to the level that they would need him at yet just because he's not playing those minutes that they would need him to have yet. So I think pretty good overall for a rookie campaign at number seven. Yeah, I'm just comparing those numbers just because he's producing these these points per game and on this effective shooting on such little amount of minutes. Again, Giannis right now, 6'11", 240, and I think – Kamingo was at 6'9", 210, and he's only 20 years old. So he has that time to still grow and uh, build the, that muscle that Giannis came into. But obviously, coming in right now, Jonathan Kamingo definitely more muscular than what Giannis came out to in the league. Um, also saw the comparisons of a hybrid of Paul George and Giannis, which I, could, I like that. I like that comparison. That's Jonathan Kamingo, his own self. Um, Jordan Poole, I know you mentioned um, briefly, just backtracking a little bit, that um, who he reminded you of coming out. Um, a lot. I've heard a lot of people say, too, like a right-handed uh, Manu Ginobili, a little scorer off the bench there. I, I like that comparison. Heading over to another young guy now, though, Garrick, uh, James Wiseman. Us Warriors fans were, haven't been treated to James Wiseman until two years ago now. Um, Played in about 37 games, less than half of an NBA season. And James Wiseman suffers another setback on the knee that he injured, the right knee. Uh, No updates. Uh, He'll most likely be uh, out or shut down for the rest of the season is what us Warriors fans are assuming. Because, again, the right knee was swelling again. And he had another procedure in December to scope out the rest of that tissue. But in his G League numbers, averaged about – Let's do, let's do a little math here real quick. About 16 points, um, had a six-rebound game, a 14-rebound game, and a nine-rebound game. I mean, still was very raw. Uh, looked better rebounding-wise, though. Uh, gained 10 pounds of muscle. What are your thoughts here? Can, can we label him a bust? Um, I know he's in between now is what we're hoping. He's in between 
the Joel Embiid track of being injured those first two years and look at Embiid now, or he can be Greg Oden all the way at the bottom there and had injuries derail him every single year. Hopefully he's somewhere there in the middle. Yeah, I, remember, I don't know if you necessarily remember this. This is one of my – it wasn't even a hot take. I think yeah. it was more just a, a mouthpiece move by me. But I was just talking about would Warriors fans be mad if this guy was a more athletic Andrew Bogut? Because you can still that. win a championship with that, honestly. You won a championship with Zaza and JaVel McGee. It's, you know, your two center starters. And Javel's turned into a pretty solid player, so all kudos to him. And Zaza had a 16-year career, so, you know, he was a solid player. Good enough. But I think, would you be mad at that is, I guess, the question I want to pose to your question, if anything. Kind of bringing it back full circle. Would I be mad with it? I mean... Yeah, because we drafted this guy at number two and um, he was so raw and he has this upside. It's just frustrating to see a guy with so much talent not have a full training camp and having to rehab through injuries his first two years now in the NBA. I think the Warriors coaching staff and developmental team just being able to bring in – you think Billy Jokic's former coach just to try to help James Wiseman and for all of this to go down like this. And if I'm James Wiseman, I'm frustrated too, because I've seen how Jonathan Kaminga has developed this season, right? In such limited time. Um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I, I, if we wanted someone uh, that was like a slightly better Andrew Bogut or a more athletic, Hey, we could have just signed someone um, during the off season. But I think the Warriors staff was really looking forward to James Wiseman. So now your now your thoughts here. I want you to answer. Do you think it's too early to label him the bust just because he hasn't seen that many minutes in the NBA yet? I think as of right now, he would be classified as a bust, but I do think it's too early just given on the account that he's 20. I was a guy who kind of believed in him, definitely. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know me, in general, I'm a fan of bigs. I'm a fan of centers. So... I usually like good center prospects. So I was definitely excited when he was coming out. He's still a guy who I don't know if he can necessarily be this at this point, but I think he's amongst the same vein of people thought he could be Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Evan Mobley, somebody who was very fluid for how big he was, could block shots, get out on the perimeter, you know, really still be part of that switching defense, even on his size. And right now, I think it's it's going to be a hard comeback for him, but we remember early on he did show signs. He showed flashes that he had kind of a grandpa jumper, but he was hitting some of those threes, you know, kind of that rec league shot. But, you know, if it goes in, it goes in. Mm. And he was making some pretty dynamic plays. And I see that he was shooting 56% in the two or three games he played in the G League. So I think that's promising. You know, maybe he's learning to do some of the more big man stuff that he has to do as far as just being in the right places, spotting up in certain positions, cutting when he needs to, offensive rebounding. He did get one and a half offensive rebounds per game, which is pretty nice. And he does have an incredibly good wingspan. So I think those are all positives. It's just going to be, can he put it all together? I think even if he's at his worst though, he still elevates that warrior team that is looking for another center. And, I got some quotes here, if you don't mind. Just yeah, that. go for it. So they were talking – this is um, Kareth Burke, I believe her name is. Yeah. And she's a, you know, she's a fairly well-known reporter. And then Kerr and Bob Myers were just talking about they're looking for all the options they have at any point as far as getting another big just because right now they just have Kavon Looney and, you know, he's a fine big man, but they need another guy. She threw in this, which I thought was really funny. She said, don't expect another Bogut return. And that was simply her opinion because that was the end of the quote. Uh And I just thought it was really funny because I feel like, again, going with the whole Bogut theme, I I guess she's not a fan of the Rogues Bogues podcast. (laughs) I don't know why she felt the need to say that, but I just found it kind of funny. Um, Some guys I had here as far as I'm just going to throw out some names. You can say how you feel about them. There's Cody Zeller, remember? He had a 35.5 inch vertical. No and he had a 2.69, the fastest shuttle time in the 2013 draft. Oh. The draft that Giannis Antetokounmpo was a part of. So 
What do you think of Cody Zeller? I know he's supposed to be back possibly at April. That's optimistic. Hey. You wouldn't want him though. No, absolutely not. Like I think these players that you're gonna list, it's like I'll sure I'll choose one, but Bob Myers went on to say that yeah, we're not we're not adding anyone. So that kind of crushed my hopes there. All right, let me we got some other Holy Stein who just got cut for DeAndre Jordan. You know, he's a guy who's familiar with the system. He's athletic, big. He's, he's only about 26 at the oldest. You know, he's not too old there. Still could reach his prime. I, I think he'd kind of be a JaVale McGee type guy. He kind of has that ethos of kind of a goofball and just pretty athletic. So I could see him fit, fitting into a similar mold at least. Yeah. Nah. We'll have the pass. You're not having that either? Yeah. We got Ennis Freedom here, but I feel like that doesn't really address the defensive liability because he is a defensive liability, excuse me. No, yeah. Um, I think it was during the buyout market. Um, we shot an episode where I had Ennis Freedom actually as my number one player for the Warriors to sign for the big man. So, I mean, honestly, he, he's the one I'm liking right now. Um, I know he might bring a little bit of some uh, politic issues Um onto the team but he, he that's the name I like right now he's a good rebounder that's true he is a good rebounder and that's what you're going to need against you know a JV cat uh front court and probably an Aaron Gordon and Jokic front court also just the way they're able to really get after the boards I got this one's kind of a wild card Tyreek huh. Evans Oh, he was he was on the herd for a week and they just cut him the 23rd. So just yesterday, he just got cut. So yeah, might be looking for a job, Brandon. I, yeah, the Warriors worked them out twice, sat courtside with Pop Myers and Joe Lacob. I guess uh, he they don't like him either. So I think we're good on the guards right now, especially with how Jordan Poole is looking. Um, yeah, I, I got think. three more names for you. All right. Let's yeah, let's them out. Let's hear three it. long shots. We got okay. Jay Huff. Uh-huh. Former NCAA champion, and he's on the South Bay Lakers. You know, had to throw in another Lakers reference. Seven <laughs> one. Yeah. And averaging two and a half blocks in the G League right now. Okay. No, we let me got hear the others. Yeah. Harry Giles. Oh, he's Harry, on the Iowa Caliente Clippers. He's only twenty three. You know, yeah. guy born in ninety eight. Shout out the year ninety eight because I know Brandon's born in that yeah. year. <laughs> um former number one guy over Lonzo Ball in the ESPN rankings back in high school former and we got Jaleel Okafor from the oh, Sejan Lions back in China another former number one overall guy and another <laughs> NCAA champion so we yeah. got those three guys and they're all relatively young nah nah none <laughs> of them no thanks I think um I think Dang, we're there I think if the Warriors needed a big guy they can um go down to Santa Cruz I when I was watching the James Wiseman games, um, their center down with the Santa Cruz Warriors was actually pretty decent. Uh, overseas guy, too. I think, well, I'd say from the Congo as well as um, Jonathan Kaminga is from. But I could be wrong. But you talked about the Lakers there and that – the South Bay Lakers there and that one guy that you mentioned. So, of course, we're, we're here in the last few minutes of our episode. We're going to get your thoughts here, Garrick, on – who you see winning the entire NBA championship? Talk a little about talk a little about your Los Angeles Lakers and where do you see them uh, getting to in the playoffs? And is it going to be an easy uh, play-in tournament finish? Push their way to that eighth seed to take on the one seed. Let's get your thoughts here. So if I have the standings correctly, it's the Timberwolves in the seventh seed. Yep. And then who's the eighth seed again? I'm trying got, to remember. We got the Timberwolves seven, Clippers eighth, Lakers nine. Right. That makes sense. Pelicans 10th. And with the longest shot, uh, just because I work at NBC and uh, working on the Kings this season, Kings, Kings are only five and a half games out of the 10th spot. Nice. Glad to see that. Yeah. Shout out the Kings. <laughs> um, I think the Lakers, if AD does end up coming back, I think we're better than all the playing teams, basically, just because, you know, if you have LeBron and AD, that's just so the most the dynamic one there? Bench right now, potentially. What's the, progno- what's the prognosis on AD? When can when is he expected to come back? Is it also a playoff first-round start, hopefully? Too? I think it's, yeah, it's roughly around the first round of the playoffs because it's still kind of up in the air just because he's had 
it seems like so many injuries this year. Like it seems like he's had two or three different injuries throughout the year. So I think they're going to really reevaluate him, start playing time. And then, you know, if he can't go, he can't go because we can't have another Phoenix debacle like last year that we kind of had that Phoenix debacle where he only played five minutes and then we had to sit him and then, you know, the Lakers fans just saw their hope vanish in front of their eyes. And that was a little tough, but I think as far as teams, the Celtics are really hot. I don't know if I necessarily want to pick them, but they seem like one of the most healthy teams yeah. that are also really hot at the right time. So well, I, I don't know if I want to say this is their year, but, you know, I'll put that out there. Yeah, they're 9-1 in their last 10. Five-game win right. streak. Took care of the Warriors. And they have your main man, Derek White, now, I know. Oh, yeah. That trade. He's been a good addition for them. No, yeah. I love that trade when that happened for uh, Boston, not so much for San Antonio. So, okay. I, I could also see this Lakers Pelicans uh, first round of the play in Lakers get that one, but then I'm more concerned about Minnesota and the Clippers there for that second round match. They've both those teams have had our numbers, honestly, both those teams. I think the Clippers are three and O against us. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Timberwolves are two and one or three and O against us also, just because, I mean, we saw the last game. Patrick yeah. Beverly was trolling Westbrook. Carl Anthony Towns is trolling Westbrook. And I'm sure there were some fans calling him Westbrook. Yeah. So it was a rough day as a Lakers fan, for sure. Derek, let, let me give you this. If the Lakers end up winning the play-in tournament, they'll go to the seventh, of course, and that'll be the Memphis Grizzlies. So who would you like to see for the Lakers in that first-round matchup? Would you like the Suns or the Grizzlies? I think I'd rather see the Grizzlies just because I know they've been a very hot team. John Morant, I think as of right now, just considering injuries and taking mm -hmm. that into case, I think he, you could argue he's a top 10 player right now. You know, he's, he's really having his breakout season, his junior year in the NBA. But I feel like they're just still very young. We saw that the Jazz were kind of able to dismantle them. I'm not saying the Lakers are the Jazz because – the Lakers are probably the most dysfunctional NBA team outside of, you know, the Brooklyn Nets this year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a rough uh, series regardless. But I just think they're a young team. LeBron could possibly feast off of some of those matchups. I know Desmond Bain, Jared Jackson Jr. are good defenders. Yeah. But if LeBron is going to give us 51 or two games or 41 or two games and Anthony Davis is healthy, you know, I like some of the new additions also that we had. DJ Augustine has been surprisingly good. I didn't like that signing at first, but he's been pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Winnie Gabriel has given us some spurt at the big man spot. So I think that's also very promising. The teams that are the favorites, though, I think getting back to your original question, I think it's the Bucks. The Bucks still look very good to me. I know Giannis and Middleton are out right now, but. I feel yeah. like if they're back healthy in time, they should be really good. The Heat, obviously, and mm -hmm. the Suns. And maybe the Warriors. I think the Warriors is just really, again, going to be all on Steph's shoulders if what about, how he comes back. What about the Grizzlies? Are they just too young? I think the Grizzlies at best get to the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the extent of their powers right now. I still think they would need, like, one or two more guys. I think a guy like Jaden Ivey, if they were still tanking, would just be – that would be crazy nice just because I know him and John Moran kind of seem to yeah. be rifting off each other and, you know, kind of seem to be good friends at least. So I feel like that would be really cool, but yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies are still just a little too young and they haven't really proven anything. Surprise guys. One of, one of our friends, Darren, again, was talking about mm -hmm. how Luca could kind of take that leap where he just pulls a 2007 LeBron on the Cavs and he just carries everybody on his back. Not to say, I mean, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie are decent, but besides that, I feel like, you know, there's nobody really who really stands out to me on that team. But I don't know. Do you, do you have any dark horse teams or any teams you really think as far as are going to make some noise? Yeah, I think if you're going off that comparison that Darren made, I think I can argue that for the Denver Nuggets. We just talked about uh, Nikola Jokic and his ability to just be the MVP and potentially just – put the team on his back and lead it all the way down there. I think the Denver Nuggets have lesser of a, uh, of a bench than the Dallas Mavericks do potentially um, a dark horse team. I don't really think they're a dark horse right now. They're, they are the eighth seed in the East and that's the Brooklyn Nets. 
Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I heard that New York, the their uh, whatever the regulation is on Kyrie Irving not being able to play games, I'm, I heard that that's going to get lifted soon. So we're going to see uh, we're going to see him with KD too, and of course we have yet to see Ben Simmons, and we'll see if he gets a little bit of time here at the end of the year. But yeah, look out for those Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets. I think they're in the same situation as the Warriors are. If you get Kyrie Irving and then if you get Steph Curry. It could be a crash course collision there to what a lot of people were thinking early on in the year of Warriors versus Nets. Do you think kind of going off the Warriors Nets comparison? I feel like Ben Simmons to this point in this team at least looks like basically Draymond Green, similar levelish player, style of player, as far as I think what he's going to be able to provide for them. But do you think if the same way not having Draymond can be catastrophic for the Warriors at times. Do you think that could be reminiscent possibly, or that could be similar mm -hmm. if Simmons doesn't come back or are the Nets just kind of out? Do you, do you think they uh, only cap so high, I guess, as a team if they don't have Ben Simmons, or do you think they could still win it all even without him? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think Ben Simmons would definitely help having another guy that can attack the basket in transition. We know how speedy Ben was. So you pair that with a speedy guy like Kyrie Irving and KD in transition, that's going to be tough to stop three guys that potentially have your offense build a wall and try to stop in transition. But with the addition of shooters like Seth Curry, I think it really helps the spacing from the Brooklyn Nets. I know it hasn't shown recently just because they've fallen down here to the eighth seed but I think if you have Kyrie and KD you could do the same thing that the uh, Cavs did in having LeBron and Kyrie because hey LeBron and KD one of the top three players there in the NBA so yeah look out for Brooklyn but Brooklyn in the east for me and then of course the Denver Nuggets there in the west for me as well um, yeah Derek uh, any last thoughts here before we close out the podcast oh actually let's close it out with this uh draymond green made comments earlier today on draymond green podcast that had warriors twitter really really mad and that hey he he was like hey if if lebron james is gonna break the all-time scoring list later this season hey steve kerr i'm not playing in that game i'm gonna watch lebron james and go to that game warriors fans are really ticked off right now being a clutch agent there with lebron james I think that's pretty funny, honestly. Um, you're going to be really proud of me, Brandon. You're yeah. going you're gonna to think I really turned a new leaf here, but I can promise you I'm still the, the same guy. I was reading Ethan Strauss's book, Victory Machine, which was uh -huh. you know about the Warriors overcoming everything that they faced in 2016 and really coming together and you know adding KD and all the dynamics of having KD and um, Steph on the team together. And they talked about how brands really control the NBA. It's uh, us as fans and, you know, as reporters, we like to have this sense that it's team camaraderie and chemistry and GMs and players. They control the narratives, which obviously to a certain extent they do. But the point I'm kind of getting at here is just at the end of the day, who is LeBron most uh, loyal to in the NBA? It's really Nike. He's been on three or four teams, depending on which iteration of the Cavs you want to count as like yeah. a second team. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's signing a lifetime contract with Nike. I think in the same sense, you see that you're a clutch guy. You know, you're going to say, OK, I'm going to take the game off. People forget that these guys, they can go to battle all they want, but they're still in that one percent millionaires club where they're still all buddies. They're going to be on the same yacht at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like playing golf or going to the Bahamas, whatever you want to say, Cancun on three, if you want to quote, quote the great Patrick Beverly. So I, I could see yeah. it. I, I don't totally hate it, but again, I, I'm a LeBron stand to the point where it can be kind of negative at times. So yeah. those are my thoughts. I guess. No, I think the Warriors fans are just ticked off right now because green on green returns, uh, plays one game, second game gets ejected right after two quarters and right. he, he comes on now saying that, hey, 
I'm going to need a vacation to go watch out my buddy LeBron. And especially after those comments that were made a few summers ago where he wasn't defending Steph on, hey, like Steph plays no defense and him just laughing it off. Warriors fans are ticked off at Draymond Green. And let me tell you, Garrick, Warriors fans are also saying that, hey, if Draymond Green can't perform uh, and he's injury prone, he can't help us in the playoffs as much as he did before, Warriors fans are calling for his head and want him traded. Wow. Is that, that is there is there a mob? There's a mob for warrior uh Draymond getting traded, excuse me. Hey, there's there's a mob for Draymond Green quitting on the team is what some people are saying this season. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I was just watching Draymond highlights the other day, actually, so I just can't. This is yeah. a guy who again at his best is a defensive player of the year candidate. When he was healthy this year, he was leading, you know, he was really leading the league in that category. And He's an all-star. He's an all-star level player. He's, he's a top 75 player of all time, in my opinion. So. Hey, Garrick. Garrick, we know what you're trying to do here. We, we know Draymond listens to this podcast, and you're trying, you're trying to pull him to the Lakers side next year. That's all I'm hearing there with all those compliments. No, I've always been a Draymond stan. It's, it's just his play style. But if Draymond yeah. wants to come to the Lakers and he can provide some three-point shooting – I don't care about that backpack motion. I'll take that all day. We just need three-point shooters. Somebody right. I do want to shout out, though, before this yeah, yeah. Moses Moody. I didn't know how to 30-point game against the Nuggets, so shout out to Moses Moody, another young guy on the Warriors. Yeah, the future is bright for the Warriors whenever Clay, Steph, and Draymond need to go out. Just me thinking about – and this would be the ideal situation, is having Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, uh, Jonathan Kaminga – Someone else at that forward spot and James Wiseman, future looking bright at the same time for the Warriors if they're trying to contend for the championship and build for the future at the same time, which was very controversial a couple of seasons ago. And it's looking pretty good for them so far. Guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. Again, follow Garrick on all those social medias that he mentioned. You can, you can listen to them again right now, Garrick. So it's Garrick underscore Gar on Instagram and Big Nasty, all one word, underscore raps. Don't at me unless you follow me. You know the rules. There you go. And make sure to follow our podcast here on Twitter at Warriors247Pod. And follow me, Brandon Cadiz, on Twitter at bcadiz 0 Thanks for tuning in, guys. Until next week, this show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.